In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by my guy, Dion Franklin. Say what's up to the people, Dion. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? I'm at VJ. Feeling onto the weather. Could not make it today. That's all right. He'll be back next week. So, you know, we might have to bring in a guest a little bit later. What do you think, D? Oh, absolutely. You know it. <sighs> Me and Dion can't be alone together, so we're, we're going to bring in a guest here in a little <laughs> bit. So you guys can look forward to that. <laughs> Quick reminder to follow us on social media at the Dagger Podcast to interact with us and keep up to date with everything we got cooking. Today, everything okay in Golden State? Warriors. A little bit of a slump. What's good with that? Not the time of the year for that. Definitely not. Definitely not. What do you think of the Warriors? It's a time to be worried. Things are starting to heat up in the West. Everybody's been talking about the East, the East, the East, and rightfully so. The East has been absolutely lit this year. But things in the West are starting to heat up a little bit. Utah, Dallas, Denver, all hot right now. Who do we like to take that fourth seed? And could the Warriors potentially even slip out of that third seed? Talk about what's going on in the West right now. And this is about the time of year where we start talking about head coaches on the hot seat. We're going to go through every coach that either is or could be on the hot seat for their teams underperforming. And if we think they should be on the hot seat, if their team should let them go, we're going to be talking about all that today. But first... You guys already know how it works. We got some awards to give out. Hooper of the Week. Good Hustle Award. Dion, take it away with your Hooper of the Week. All right. So my Hooper of the Week is a guy that I will be campaigning for to receive the MVP this year from now until the end of the season. Uh, We'll bring it up at least once a week and maybe more. And that is John Morant. Last week, he just turned all the way up. And fight it was... the good fight, Dion. Exactly. Join me. Exactly. Join exactly. me in my. I've been campaigning for Zhao for months. Get on board, baby. There's plenty hey, of room. Forget that MIP most improved player. Just go for the MVP, dude. Because yep. he back to back games, he broke his career high in points, scoring 46 and 52. And in the game that he scored 52, he was doing everything you can possibly think of, mm, mm, mm. posterizing people. 
Buster Rhymes isn't a big man. This dude is like six one or something. Like it's insane. And we all know how how hop how much hop he has. So, and then full court buzzer beaters catching it off the air while like floating through past the ba- the baseline and hitting that. Everything you can think of, he has done it in that game. And we have to recognize that. We have to recognize mm-hmm. this game. We have to recognize how important this kid will be for the next ten years in the league. You gotta, got to, you just got you to, gotta. I was literally thinking um, during the Celtics game when the Grizzlies played the Celtics, I was literally going to text our group chat and say that the Celtics were putting the clamps on John Moran. He had like 10 points in the first half. He was struggling. And you look up, it's the fourth quarter. He has 30-something. He ended with 38. He finished with 36. Talk about him. I think he had 38. Yeah, 38 points. Okay, 38. Like, bro, it's not – not incredibly efficient, but I mean, 13 for 29 is fine. You can get away with that, yeah. especially when you start like 0 for 7. Absolutely. Like, talk about a microwave. You can go into the kitchen, get a snack, and come back, and he scored 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys know this at home, but John Morant is leading the league in points in the paint. No a point shot. Guard. A point guard. No shot. Is that true? Yeah. Damn. Somebody told me. Somebody told me at the barbershop. I was like, "Shut the hell up! What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, does it really count as points in the paint if he keeps jumping from outside of the paint? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta ask the stats guys, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I gave John Morant the midseason, my midseason MVP, and I have seen nothing with my eyeballs that tells me he should not win MVP at this point. His team is in second place in the West and his team took the biggest leap from last year out of all teams. And now they're gunning for the first spot. I don't know if they're going to reach it, but I don't see them stopping. And do you see another star on that roster, Dion? Cause I don't. Absolutely not. Desmond Bain. (laughs) I mean, JJJ, he's okay, but I mean, it's it's Sean Morant, baby. JJJ is like amazing on defense and all, but like he, this man can finish games with seven and, and six and be fine, and they still win. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. It's a good pick. Mm-hmm. My Hooper of the week, I have a couple. Bring it. Um, just like Sean Morant carrying the Grizzlies with the with VJ out, I'm gonna carry the the awards so i got a couple <clears throat> this is about the time of year where every, you know you start getting the warm fuzzies about college basketball so i got a couple of awards for college basketball players the first one if you haven't heard of Kalen clark are you even watching basketball <laughs> Kalen clark is nasty absolutely Pulling up from the logo all over the place at the University of Iowa. She is gross. And if you think it's just, you know, a couple of highlights that they put together, think again. She's averaging in college, mind you, in college, 27.4 points a game. Unheard of. And is she just a scorer? Oh, no. Tidy, 8.1 rebounds, 79 assists, and two steals to go along with that. Kaylin Clark is the truth. Incredible. And I think she's going to put Iowa pretty deep into the tournament by herself. Mm-hmm. She, she's nice. Look her up. 
Oh yeah, she's I see. Real. I keep seeing the, the the her highlights. She like they keep calling her like the female Curry, and I was like, shut the hell up. It's probably one three that she hit. Psych. It's like ten threes, like, highlights and highlights on highlights. It's crazy. I can't remember what game it was. I want to say Illinois. That could be totally wrong, but she was just pulling up from the logo the whole game. She made like mm-hmm. I kept expecting the video to be over, but like three four five it, it just kept going like, holy yeah. she she's nice love to see it caitlin clark and if you guys haven't noticed already i like a good storyline i like a good storyline and i saw a really good storyline coming out of also out of the big 10 ohio state men's basketball team on senior night decided to start a senior who i think I believe it was a walk-on, barely plays. His name is Joey Brunk. First of all, great name. Great name. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great name. Um, Brunk. I wish that was my last name. <laughs> that's that's a sweet name. Joey Brunk averaged like point-something points or one-point-something points for the season. Barely plays. But started on senior night and, and dropped a – Tidy little 18 points on senior Ooh. night. Ooh. Dunking the ball over the place. His teammates were hyped for him. He loved to see that, man. Hey, he's he been waiting for this it. moment his whole career. His whole career. Yeah, and this isn't some D2, D3 team or something. This was a Big Ten conference game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Joey Brunk, way to show out on senior day. That's a memory you're going to have forever. Mm-hmm. So, Joey Brunk, Caitlin Clark. Hoopers of the week. I don't like the Big Ten, but you know, who does? <laughs> Nobody on this podcast. I can assure you. No, we're just bitter because we live in Big Ten country, but we don't like the Big Ten. Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, they always ball out in the tournament, right? No matter how many teams they get in, right? They're like twelve teams in a year. <laughs> <laughs> they sucked last year in the tournament. Holy. <laughs> they sure did. Holy. They were, they were all out in the first round except for like one. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've already we're already getting negative, but let's continue to get negative and give out some good hustle awards. Wait, sidebar. John Morant is third in points of the paint. Behind Giannis and, and Jokic. I was about to say no shot, he's first, but hey, third for a guard. I, it's still wild. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Don't get me wrong. Is that more than Joel? Yeah. He has more than like everybody except for Giannis and Jokic. That's wild. I wouldn't put. I didn't think Jokic would be that high. Yeah, Joel is not even top ten. Mm-mm-mm. He does <laughs> love the. He does love those jumpers these days. Mm-hmm. Way to clear that up. Yeah, but you know it. I have to go look it. All up. All right, let's get negative. My first good hustle award. I have a couple because I'm just you know a very negative, salty person. Get and I'm going to get on this soapbox because I am sick and tired. This good, this good hustle award goes to old heads everywhere. If you're one of these guys, okay. Specifically <laughs> to Charles Oakley, but to old heads everywhere who fall into this category, Charles Oakley this week had the balls to say that Giannis Antetokounmpo, if he had played in the eighties would have come off the bench. First of all, how dare you? How dare Giannis would have dunked on him ten times per game. Hey, what about Giannis's game wouldn't translate? Is it his massive size? Is it his unreal power? 
Is it his supreme athleticism? Is it his post moves in Eurostep? What part of his game wouldn't translate? Please explain. Is it that he's soft? I mean, yeah. I mean, he only dunks on literally everybody in the NBA and just moves them out of the way whenever they won't call a foul on him for doing it. Yeah. Charles Oakley, you are so patently wrong. If you played him one-on-one, he would skunk you. I promise. Absolutely. He wouldn't score a point. He would score negative points. He has three things you don't have, Charles Oakley. An MVP trophy. He has more than one, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, absolutely. A defensive player of the year and NBA champion. How many of those things do you have, Charles Oakley? Zero. Donuts. Actually, I think he won a title because of Jordan, if I'm remembering right. But maybe. I, I wasn't sure if he was still on the Bulls when they won. But my point stands. He is way better than you. It's not even close. He's way better than everybody who played in the paint in the 80s. Maybe rookie Shaq. Okay. Maybe rookie Shaq. They would have a pretty good battle. Other than that, there's not a single post player from just about any era who could guard Giannis. He's one of the all-time greats already, and he is barely hitting his prime. Yeah. But also this larger argument of every week, it feels like, you see some clip about, oh, this current player wouldn't be able to play in my era. Oh, they wouldn't be able to take the rough neck, you know, 80s and 90s. And I That's hate that argument so much. It's so stupid. Because, it, first of all, it's just so patently untrue like we're talking about. The NBA is way more skilled than it was before. Mm-hmm. And everybody said, oh, the NBA is so soft. Oh, the NBA is so soft. Like, you could argue the game is soft, that the game has evolved to be that way with foul calls and flopping. That doesn't make the players soft, okay? Don't let LeBron James' flopping trying to win games fool you. He could play in any era. Oh, he, played, he was a star football player in high school. He's not afraid of contact. He's adapting to the game as it is now. Like, I cannot stand that argument. Basketball back then was less skilled Okay, people were on like cocaine and stuff and then coming to (laughs) games and playing like, really, these guys are in the lab 365 days a year, damn near taking incredible care of their bodies, supreme athletes, the skills are better, the athleticism is better, the worldwide scouting has provided better players. I mean, it's just it's not even close. And I'm so sick and tired of hearing that. Okay, exactly. It's not true. Stop like, saying it. Well, what what is something that Giannis can't do that they could do back then? Because they didn't even shoot like that back then. This, no. The three point, the two point is something that evolved throughout time. So, and he's probably shooting better than people back then right now. And he's not even a, one of the greatest shooters of all time. He's not a good shooter by any means. And that's just like this argument just pisses me off because that's that's the only argument that all heads can make for some reason. And it, it's just so untrue. It just doesn't make any sense. Look, just because players back then had dirty fouls doesn't mean that they're exactly. tougher. That was a good, dirty fouls don't make you tough. It, just because you cl- clothesline somebody out the air or undercut them, does, that doesn't make you tough. That's just right. Just, just, I'm, stupid. Yeah, I hate when people talk about the bad boy Pistons fondly. Wow, they found a way around the rules by injuring their opponents and making them afraid to go into the paint because they would make them choose between that game and their career. Wow, why do we celebrate them? Why? (laughs) Isaiah Thomas, yeah, we can celebrate Isaiah Thomas uh, and Joe Dumars. 
Like they they deserve it. But the rest of those guys, like, why do we celebrate them? It's like yeah. we want to win this game so bad that we're willing to end your career because I don't care if I get ejected. Wow, good for you. You're so tough. Trying to fight guys who can't fight back. Congratulations. I'm I'm sick of hearing it. It's the biggest load of bullshit you'll ever hear. So Charles Oakley and every old head that agrees with him, good good hustle out there. I couldn't agree You're more. Patently wrong. <laughs> All right. Now to climb off of my soapbox and get slightly less negative. <laughs> I was watching something the other night uh, during the Celtics-Nets game. And first of all, absolute banger game. Jason Tatum dropping 54. Love mm-hmm. to see it. He's nice. But at one point during the broadcast, they cut to big baby Davis <laughs> at his in his courtside seats. And I said... First of all, when did Big Baby get out of prison? <laughs> Last time I heard, he was in trouble for some kind of tax evasion or something. You know, maybe he's awaiting trial or maybe he worked it out with the DA. Um, so that's good. I just hadn't heard that he wasn't in trouble anymore. And I was, I was thinking that security came down and told Big Baby to get out of the seats. And go back to his seats. <laughs> Big Baby was trying to scalp seats <laughs> at the Celtics game. <laughs> Who the hell do you think you are, Bill Russell, that you could just walk in the building and take any seat you want? <laughs> <laughs> you think you are some kind of Celtics legend? No I, shot. I, I don't understand what he was thinking. Like, <laughs> it's not like he's not like unrecognizable. Like, it's Big Baby Davis. I know. I mean, they showed him. It's like, hey, and I instantly. You know, you know, the rest of the Celtics fans, hey, it's big baby Davis. <laughs> and literally security and <laughs> yeah, wasted no time giving him the boot. <laughs> Wait, these aren't your seats. Go back to the nosebleeds. <laughs> Tough. So, I mean, I don't know if that's on the Celtics. I mean, we can get my man some tickets, right? Not exactly a role model, but I mean, he was on that championship team. We can get Absolutely. him some tickets, right? Yeah, that, that's kind of bogus, though, on the Celtics part, I feel like. I mean, maybe he just showed up. Maybe he snuck in. I don't know. <laughs> Fair. So, Fair. I maybe mean, he already had free tickets and he didn't like them. I, yeah. I mean, maybe <laughs> they weren't close enough. So, I mean, big baby. Good, good hustle out there. Absolutely. I mean, we've all tried it. We've oh, all yeah. tried it. But I mean, when you're that recognizable, you got to be a little, a little smarter than that. <laughs> so, big baby, good, good hustle out there. Absolutely, I love it. All right, Dion, who's who's hustling? Take us home. All right. So for me, it's a dude that I now hate because he doesn't make any sense, and that's actually like one of the first time I've ever heard of him. And that is uh, analyst for Fox, and that is Jason McIntyre, who last week said that James Harden and Joel Embiid are not a top five duo in the East. Are you Harsh. smoking crack? Harsh. How can you say something? Who, who's, who are five duos that are better than him in the East? Hold on. Let's think through this. Nobody okay. in the Heat. Nobody. Bam and Jimmy? No, they're not Absolutely. better. I think Gian- Levine and DeRozan Giannis are better. No. Giannis is the better player, but Middleton is not even close. Yeah. Levine and DeRozan, I think, are better this year. This for now, because we, like they're going crazy. The, the the Sixers are going crazy right now, and who the Cavaliers have n- no duo. Darius Garland and Jared Allen are not even close. Raptors don't have nobody. Hornets don't have nobody. Hawks don't have nobody. There's the Nets, 
the the Bulls and the Celtics that can make a case. Yeah, that's and that's fairly generous to put all three of those ahead of exactly. Harden and Embiid. And that even then, that's only fourth. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he just sucks at math. Like, it's like we're talking the East. Like, like I would give it to him if it was like the league wide. I would give I would give him that argument. But we're talking about the East. We have we have great teams in the East. Don't get me wrong. But there's no dynamic duos like like they that are better than Joel Embiid and James Harden. First of all, I can't stand either of those guys. Oh, but absolutely. they are for the regular season. They're top. They're a top two duo in oh, the yeah. East. Oh yeah. I think Levine and DeRozan are better, probably. Um, but yeah. the way they're playing this year, like, is hard. It's, it, it's a debate. It's a debate. Yeah. The way they're playing this year is a debate. Yeah, insane to me. Like, not even top five, five. So they're saying they're sixth. That exactly. Who knows? Maybe even seventh. <laughs> and who are you gonna put? Trey Young and John Collins. Mellow Ball and Miles Bridges. Bridges? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Jalen Suggs and (laughs) Cole Anthony. (laughs) Jalen Suggs and Morris Wagner. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Kate Cunningham and Jeremy Grant. (laughs) (laughs) Like why 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 would you why would you make something so like unrealistic? Like how, how can you make a take like that? Make it, Look, into, when it just say top five in the old NBA, and I could have like accepted that. Fox is notorious for hiring a lot of haters. God, they they have some haters over there between Skip Bayless, Rob Parker, Nick Wright is always hating on the Celtics. I mean, they have some haters over there. Man, it just it just rubbed me the wrong way. I just had to bring it up, even if it was from last week. Yeah, that is as the kids would say, cap. Yeah, no, no, up no shot. Capery, no, no shot. Mm. They're outside of the top five. I can't. I hate them. I can't stand them. But no shot. They're outside the top five. Yeah. Let's be a little objective here. Exactly. We be slightly like, objective. Minimal of objectivity. I need you to be like ten percent more objective. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right, as alluded to, we are joined by a very special guest, my man, the myth, the man, the myth, the <laughs> legend, the best thing to come out of an Omaha, Nebraska, Karsten Bailey. What's up, Karsten? Welcome back. What's up, fellas? What's up, man? Always love that intro, man. <laughs> Always love it. What I is mean this? it. The, the third time I've been on, on the show now? I think third? so. I third think or so. fourth. I mean, maybe it might be the fourth. Maybe a fourth. Might be the yeah. fourth. That's all right. I love kicking it with my boys, man. Love talking basketball with you fellas. So appreciate it. Yes, sir. Karsten has his own podcast, Ball is Law. Be sure to go check that out. It's on Mm -hmm. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. KB, tell them where to find you. Tell them where to find you. Yeah, shout it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get us on add us on Instagram, Ball is Law. That's all in the name. Ball is Law on Instagram. Uh, you can also follow me, Carsco, three O's 32. And also follow my boy, Chris Diabonzo. Um, yeah, you can find his at on uh, Instagram for Boslow. I don't know how to spell his last name. But <laughs> that's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah, keep keep your eye out for a future collab between the Dagger and Boslow. It's happening. It's going to be fun. Real soon. Real soon. 
we got to figure out the particulars, you know, uh, you know, our agents or, you know, negotiation with their agents, you know, how it is. Uh, I can't get the details. My people will get in touch yeah. to contact with you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Work out I mean, the technicalities. Yeah. They're, they're working y'all it out. Y'all the one that yeah. actually got, y'all actually got people though. <laughs> like, we trying to Please. get there. You know what I mean? Please. Y'all got a deal. That's, I mean, that's premium gas, but now that's, mm-hmm. I, I have no people. <laughs> what is, i mean can i get a personal assistant is that is that in the budget dion i don't know but i don't know i don't know yet but maybe or maybe in our next deal can i get an intern maybe i'll yeah. get an intern unpaid <laughs> if you want to get one thing you know what let's just make that announcement thing, if you want an unppaid internship with the dagger hit us up at oh, the dagger podcast and it's not we'll make that either, happen. Why don't we so. just do it why don't we just do it through the sports <laughs> why don't we just do it through the sports hall program oh <laughs> man if you want no money, no experience, unpaid. <laughs> <laughs> unpaid, no credit, do all the work, no, no credit. academic credit. You don't get no college credit. For <laughs> oh, man. Oh. All right. Always good to have you on, my man. So let's talk about this: the Golden State Warriors. All is not golden for the Warriors. They are two and eight in their last 10. And we were talking about it in our group chat. I'm getting big 2020, 2021 Warriors vibes from this team right now. They look a lot like they did last year around this time. So, Carson, I'm asking you first, are we worried about the Warriors? Is it time to panic? Um, Panic? No. I think panic would be a little too far. I think um, as far as us seeing them as championship you know, the front runners, a lot of people were thinking of them as the front runners, even with the Suns being number one, which still confuses me how people just overlook the Suns. Yep. But um, I think our days of thinking of them of going to the finals is not happening anymore. Like, that's that's just not going to happen. There's going to be a team in the West. I mean, I'm looking at the Nuggets right now. I'm looking at Memphis. I'm looking at Phoenix. I'm looking at. There's way too many – like, there's other teams that can take these dudes out in a seven-game series. So, yeah, I mean, definitely to answer directly, yeah, you, you shouldn't be worried if you're a Warriors fan because your title hopes of 2022 is probably not going to happen. But next year, with Clay being healthy and Draymond coming back, hopefully James Wiseman – what the hell is going on with James Wiseman? Um, exactly. You know, like – you, it, hopefully when you guys are fully healthy, you guys will definitely be in the same spot that they're in right now. One or two, and, you know, they'll, they'll be back next year, but this year, nah. Yeah. We panicking. I feel like people have such high expectations for the Golden State Warriors in the first quarter of the season that they kind of got overhyped. And I don't think they were ever the clear, 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 clear contender. They were never the clear contender for me. There's too many good teams this year in the NBA. Uh, people are saying, oh, it's the it's automatic. Warriors and Nets in the final. And look at where they are right now. It's, no. They, I was calm the whole time. I knew that, that was gonna, it was not going to happen. And they have a fragile ecosystem, it seems like, because one player goes down and everything goes to shit. But I wouldn't panic. They're still a good team. They're going to finish probably top, top three. Draymond Green is coming back on the 14th, so a week from now. And we'll see where they go from there. I feel like they're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, panic is definitely a strong word. I'm with Karsten of I worry about 
them going deep into the playoffs. The rest of the West is looking better. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, though. Yeah. But no, it's not time to panic. Draymond is coming back. Um, so he does a lot of things for that team. That That's a pretty deep team, but nobody does what Draymond does. So uh, having Draymond should really help them a lot. Which leads into my next question, which is what on the court, what is ailing the Warriors? Obviously, you know, the Draymond injury doesn't help anything. That's a big reason why. But other than that, other than who's not playing, the Warriors still, even with without James Wiseman, even without Draymond Green, their roster is still pretty good. So why are they going two and eight and losing to pretty bad teams? What's what's ailing the Warriors, Karsten? And I honestly, so one of my buddies, really big time Warriors fan, I actually had him on my pod not too mm, long ago. I'm so sorry. And I'm yeah, kidding. I mean, <laughs> no, nah, look, bro. I mean, he, he's been, they were punishing uh, the league for years. So, I mean, it's only right. I love seeing them down bad. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I love absolutely. Seeing the Warriors. For sure. It's a sight to behold. They had the league in a chokehold, bro. Yeah. But um, I'll never forget you know, them for tough. that. No, for what five years straight, four years, yeah. four or five years, it was just it was, like fair. it wasn't. It wasn't fair there for a while, and I'll never forgive them for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no, but um, no, he was on my pod just saying like you know he's annoyed with Steve Kerr, and he was saying like Steve Kerr's rotation, his rotations with Steph Curry, you know, getting pulled to the bench too early or having him on the bench too long and too often. He was like, this is ruining us. Like, so I think my thing is Steve Kerr is the one that we really need to look at um, because he just announced, actually, I saw that press conference the other day that he's going back to the original rotation. Um, what they had before Draymond was uh, injured, I guess, or something. So he's finally going back to the original rotation and not pulling Steph out too soon. So I think that's really what was killing them by like having Steph out trying to – I don't even know what the hell they were trying to do with stuff. But, I mean, when you have a guy like that that can get you, you know, potentially six, five threes a night, I mean, why are you not playing this guy as much as you can? Like, he's not LeBron. He's not his 19th season. Like, this guy should be playing – sometimes he should be playing the full game, to be real, but we're not going to see those type of dudes no more. <laughs> like, that, those days are over. So, yeah, I, I look at Steve Kerr, to be real. I yeah. mean to def- to defend Steve Kerr, and I do his his rotations are a mess. I'll give you that, and he has a lot of different personalities and a combination of very established vets who have earned their right to you know they've earned their shots, they've earned their minutes combined with young guys who have played really well and are hungry and want you know to take that next step in their development, and so trying to balance those two things is very difficult. And so, but I mean, Warriors fans are never going to put an iota of blame on Steph Curry. They're just not going to do it. They'll blame anybody before they'll blame Steph Curry. And maybe the rotations are affecting him and stuff, but Steph just hasn't been the same dude second half of the year versus the first. Ever since he was going to break the three-point record, and don't get me wrong, Steph Curry is still all-world. He's still, you know, on any given night, the best player in the NBA you know, on his best nights, but consistency has been an issue with him second half of the year. He struggled. And if Steph struggles, the Warriors struggle. 
And yes, maybe Steve Kerr, you know, could do some, some little things here and there to help him with that. But Steph, I think he needs to play a little bit better. He needs to look for his spots a little bit more. I think he's been forcing quite a bit. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more on the Steph point. Steph has not been the same. He's not scoring at the high clip that he was. I don't understand why. I think that's definitely because of the rotation, like you said, uh, KB. Um, but there's also another problem in there. And everybody was thinking that Clay Thompson was going to be the savior and he was going to come back and they were going to go 40 and 0. No. He's been out for two years. He has to get his rhythm back. And he's so frustrated. He's so frustrated when he misses a shot because he feels like he's not his old self. And I don't blame him. But you can't, what Steve Curry is trying to do is kind of force him into the rotation too early without him giving him reps. And it shows. It shows the other night against the Lakers, I want to say, he left the game before halftime just to go because he was frustrated and he walked into the, the locker room. That, that is the amount of frustration that's going around. And I feel like it's kind of influencing the other guys too. And that is definitely damaging the Warriors' second half of the season combined with what we're going to talk about next, which is Draymond Green. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I totally agree. So then, like you're saying, Dion, talking about Draymond, will Draymond coming back fix everything? Is he just the glue that holds everything together and they will look like championship contenders once again, once he comes back? I, I feel like it's going to fix a lot of things. I feel like they are missing a vocal leader because we all know that he is the heart and soul of that team. Uh, he's going to come back. He's going to, you know, hype everybody up because he does it from the bench, but he can only do so much from the bench, you know. Right. Uh, we all know, like, how much of a influence a voice can be on the court with you. But what's what's going to change is the defense because once they, once he was gone, they went 15 and 15. And before that, they were 28 and six. And it was all because they had, they were winning games because they had a good offense, but they have a great defense. And ever since then, everything went downhill. So bringing him back is going to, you know, give a big, big boost. Maybe he can get Clay in line because Clay is just all in his head right now. And maybe, maybe he is the missing piece that can bring him back to the first half of the season for him. I think in a way it could, and here's why. Right now, without Draymond, the the Warriors lack an identity. They don't know what they are. Are they a high-powered offensive team that just shoots the lights out and blows people out? No. Are they a really good defensive team that really locks down and defends? No. Are they a team, you know, that really runs the break and, you know, is pedal to the metal? No, they're not that either. And so without Draymond, they lack any kind of identity on the court. But with Draymond Green, they do become that defensive team. Suddenly he's calling everything out. He's, you know, the shot caller on the floor in terms of the defense. He gets people in the right places and he brings the intensity that really ratchets up the defense. And so it's not that Draymond fixes everything. You know, that's definitely, you know, an oversimplification. But with Draymond, they have that identity. They know what they are. They they really guard, they really defend, and they get good shots off of turnovers and things like that. So I, I do think he fixes that. And that, in my opinion, might be their biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with both of you guys, honestly. I think um, one thing about the Warriors, though, I think he's going to help. I don't think he fixes it. 
Because yep. if he were to fix yep. it, then that means they're going to the finals. Because that's the that's the expectation of this yep. Warriors team this year. So I think he helps. Um, but my thing with the Warriors is that they rely a lot on their young guys this year. Um, and I think it and I think it's good because it's gonna help in the long run. Um, you know, I think Jordan Poole is maybe a year away from being a guy that's really, really gonna be serious in the league. Um, I think next year he's gonna like really hit his stride and maybe be a, a, a 18 point per game scorer. Um, and then you have you know Wiseman that they're very much so relying on as well to come back healthy. Uh, they're also relying on Kaminga to be this guy that you know is their next Igudala in a sense. That's yeah. maybe like their next like really high level athletic three and D guy too, because he can shoot a bit from the three, um, maybe not elite, but he can still make them. Um, so that's my thing is just the Warriors are very young, man. Like they, they still have like the, those bets you were talking about Taylor, but they also do rely on those young guys because the Warriors, the way they win championships is always with from the bench mob and their bench mob right now. And they have Gary Payton, another young guy that they just signed that they're like really relying on. So they really rely on these dudes that come off the bench to really help them out, help out Steph, Clay, and Dre. And, you know, I don't know if now is the time. I don't think this year is the year where those guys are going to be like, you know what, like we're going to buy – like we know – like they don't know what a playoff – what the playoffs look like. They don't know what that environment even is. Um, so they're a year away. But it definitely he definitely helps when he comes back. Yeah, and I mean, for Steve Kerr, that's such a hard job because all these guys you're listing off, Kaminga's earned more minutes. Jordan Poole could be a star if he was featured. Um, you know, Andrew Wiggins is probably a second option on most teams. James Wiseman is coming back at some point. He's drafted, you know, second overall. You know, you got to see what you have in him. Gary Payton has really earned his minutes. But, they're, you know, then you combine that with veterans like Steph, Clay, and Draymond there just aren't enough minutes to go around and there's not enough shots to go around. And so at some point, Steve Kerr, you know, keeps going back and forth and is trying to keep everybody happy. But at some point he's, he's just going to have to pick and somebody's going to be unhappy or everyone's going to be a little unhappy and they're just going to have to do it. Yeah. And it seems like he did. It seems like he did. Like, I mean, in that press conference I watched, it looked like he was like, no, we're going back to what we did. We're going back to what won us championships. Like we're going to that regular rotation. Um, and I think it's because he knows Draymond's coming back within the next week or two. So it's like we're ramping him up. We got to get Steph more minutes. Like, again, like these are dudes. There's something to say about these stars not playing full games no more, bro. Like, they're, yeah. they're like especially at this point in the season, you know, like now's the time where they some of them should be playing a full 48. And it's not happening because they, they should want to win that much. Now, the Warriors are third in the in the West, so they may not need to do that obviously, but there may be some games where it's like, all right, like we got to have some pride here. Like this is a highly televised game. We're playing against the Lakers. Like I shouldn't be sitting down once because we want to win this game that bad or we're playing another rival. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't see that no more. And we used to see that a lot with, I know it's easy to bring Kobe up, but we used to see that a lot with Kobe and LeBron, D-Wade, Melo, like all the stars growing up. If there was a big game on television, they would play all 48. Absolutely. Yeah, tell, that, tell that to James Harden, though. I mean, he won't even play if they're in Miami because he went out the night before, you know. 
That's insane. Yeah, I think Ben Simmons. I want to talk to Ben Simmons more than <laughs> yeah. James. Yeah. Like Ben yeah, Simmons been saying he hasn't touched the court in I don't know how long. And James Harden came back before him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's such a fitting argument for tonight because the Warriors are playing right now. And they're playing without Steph, without Clay, and without Draymond. Why are Steph and Clay out right now? Mm. And they're playing, they're play, they, mind you, they're playing the Nuggets, a team that they could face in the first round of the playoffs. Why won't you want to On shoot, TV, like, it's behind me. Exactly. It's behind me like exactly. <laughs> exactly. And guess who's, and guess who is playing? The MVP candidate, Jokic. He's there. He played last night. He played 45 minutes last night. Bro. He played, for, mm-hmm. he's the only player in the league that plays every game and like almost the whole game. There's nobody else. I mean, I, I hate load management, oh. probably as much or more as the next guy. But once again, I don't, I don't mean to keep defending Steve Kerr, but I mean, you do have to look at last year of clearly at the end of the season, Steph Curry ran out of gas. Steph Curry clearly ran out of gas last year, but at the same time, he was also trying to carry that Warriors team solo and he doesn't have to do that with this team. But I think Steve Kerr is really trying to prevent that from happening. I think he's overcorrected a little bit, but he is going to make sure and do everything in his power to make sure that Steph Curry is healthy and ready for the playoffs. And, you know, that hurts all yeah. of us, the fans, but Steve Kerr doesn't really care about that. No, and I, and I understand that, but I think for me, I think the even bigger, the even, even broader, you know, point here with the Warriors from what you're saying, Taylor, is also like the KD incident happened with them. The biggest star in debatably the biggest star in basketball tore his Achilles on live television in one of the most highly anticipated games of the playoffs. Like, the Warriors, <laughs> they don't want to relive that again. And then also you had Clay happen, you know, Clay happened too in live television with his ACL. So it's just, you know, I understand they're very cautious with their guys, but, you know, I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough I, – I, I, I understand the sentiment. I pretty much am saying for, for Steve Kerr. I just think that, but that was the point of the minutes restriction to begin with though. Right. Was mm-hmm. to make sure Steph wasn't gonna, you know, tweak an ankle or some, something dumb happening. I mean, he usually sits Steph out in the fourth quarter anyways, if they're up by enough. So I don't see why they would sell out an entire game to Dion's point. Um, but Hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. So Really quickly then, Karsten, can this team still win a championship or have you seen enough to say that they definitively cannot win a championship as currently constituted? This season? Yeah. No, I don't think, I don't see them winning the trip. I don't see it happening. Um, Like I said earlier, I just think they're, they're maybe a year away. I do think like, they have the right core. They have the right team. I don't think they're – they're one of the rare teams that I think have everything they need um, when healthy. So, you know, I, 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 I'm, I think this year they, they're going to put up a good fight. They're probably going to get to the second round and lose. And then, you know, they'll pick it back up next year. Yeah, and you agree? Do you think they cannot win a championship this year? I agree. I don't think I don't think they they're gonna win this year. I said it at the beginning of the year, actually, uh, that they're they were amazing, but they show they show their hand. They show what their weaknesses are, 
in this past 30 games. Yeah, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna win the championship. There, there's too many good teams in the West by itself to get the, the to get them bounced potentially in the first round. Because if they keep losing, they're gonna like get a solid third spot, which could match them up with Denver. And Denver is gonna bring back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And they don't want to see that. They do not want to mm-hmm. see that. <laughs> nobody, nobody on that team can guard Jokic. There's nobody. Not James Wiseman. Not Draymond Green. So I will be worried. Like that's so. That's why I'm saying. Like, why would you sit out players right now when you need to win games? Because Memphis is above you right now. Warriors are in third place. They should be worried to to be facing Denver. Because if you get the second the second spot, you could potentially face the Clippers, the Lakers, the Pelicans, or the Timberwolves. You can you can you can get through those. But if you go to the third spot, that's where it gets it gets it gets murky. So I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't have any confidence in this team to win the championship at the end. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors look like one of those old-timey, like, small towns that you would go to visit during, like, World War II. And all the able-bodied men were gone, and only the really young and the really old men remained. And that's, like, what the Warriors are right now. It's a combination of, like, guys seemingly past their prime and guys who have not hit their prime yet. And it's just, like, kind of a weird combination. It's a team without an identity. And I, I agree. I don't think they, I I don't think there's a chance they win a championship this year. The West has gotten deeper the past few weeks. There's a lot of teams making a run as we're about to talk about. And no, I do not think this is not last year's team. They're not going to be an utter disappointment. They've done enough in the regular season that they've, you know, earned some grace and they will host, you know, a first round have, you know, home court advantage for a first round matchup in the playoffs, but I don't have any faith in them past, you know, the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So speaking of which, those teams that we're talking about in the West, making it interesting. So right now, Utah, Dallas, and Denver have all won seven out of 10. And I mean, Denver might win eight out of 10 now. They might beat the Warriors tonight. Yeah. And so all these teams are hot. All of them are surging at the right time. And out of those three teams, who do you like, Carson, to take that fourth seed in the West? Which one? Which out of those three teams like, do you like the most? Well, Utah is always a disappointment every year. So I am never <laughs> going to bet on those guys. Not yet, though. Ever. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. The playoffs I mean, haven't started They were a disappointment a month ago when they lost 10 straight. I know. I know they're a playoff. They're a um, – a regular season team so like this would be the time to bet on them but i'm not betting on those dudes i'm sorry <laughs> I, I just can't put any chips on those guys to to actually do something so i'm gonna go with dallas um i like how luca's playing he's man dudes dude surprised me actually because he started off the season so bad <laughs> like he started off out of shape it was clear that he was out of shape. And I love Mark Cuban's comment about him, like saying like Luca finally took it personal that like he started hearing the little chirps about him and how un- out of shape he was and how bad he was playing that now he's starting to turn into like, okay, now I actually need to work for this. So I like, I just like, I like Luca. I don't know about the team overall, but I like Luca and I'm going a, I'm to a put my chips on him. Dion, should I even ask? <laughs> <You shot. laughs> yeah, you was cheering over you, there in the background. <laughs> right. 
rah, rah, I, I was cheering the whole time Carson was talking. And <laughs> he could not have been more spot on. Because fuck the Jazz, first off. And <laughs> the, 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 the Nuggets are, are good, but they still don't have all their pieces back. They are a great team. It, but Luca, Luca, since Christoph Perzingis has left, is scoring like 30 to 5 points a game. He's the happiest man on earth. Mind. He's like, finally, this dude is out of here. I can actually be myself. Jason Kidd is actually coaching <laughs> perfectly around Luca. And Spencer Dinwiddie, I cannot say enough good things about him. He's been healthy, he's been balling, and been the perfect third option for us right now after Jalen Brunson, because Jalen Brunson has been a star amongst men like this season <laughs> he's just been so wonderful for us and we are right now i think four games behind the warriors and i think that it's possible but to answer my own question this is a hard question they're all pretty good it's like start one cut one bench one right um because we're just talking about seating and the playoffs haven't actually started yet I like the Jazz a lot. When Donovan Mitchell has been healthy this season, the Jazz have been one of the best teams in the league. They were absolute dumpster fire without him. But when Donovan Mitchell is healthy, and it's the regular season, the Jazz are really, really good. And I love Luka. Luka's not getting enough MVP buzz. I'm not saying he should be MVP, but I should be hearing more about Luka than I am for MVP especially with the Mavericks surging, but I don't trust the team around him as much. It's not even that necessarily that his supporting cast is bad, but I like the Nuggets and the Jazz's depth more than I like the Mavericks. But I mean, in terms of finishing the season, I think the Nuggets are going to finish the season stronger than anybody. Getting Jamal Murray back, getting MPJ back, which we're hearing is going to happen, I'll, the fact that they're surging without those guys, I think should tell you that I think the Nuggets are going to finish stronger than just about anybody. And I like them to at least get the fourth seed, if not more, which leads into my next question of with the Warriors struggling as much as they are, do you think that one of those teams can even surpass them and get the three seed or maybe two or three? Like, could the Warriors actually fall back to like sixth? Is that possible? Carson, do you think that's possible? Do you think one, multiple, or all of those teams could pass the Warriors? Um, I think one could. I don't know if I could definitively say. Well, let me let me look at the list here. I'm looking at the standings. Golden State is at two currently, but they're tied with Memphis. I think that's going to be a battle there. Mm -hmm. You know, Utah, they're only two and a half games away from that third seed, really the second seed, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, yeah, but it's, that's just hard. To, it's hard to tell, man. I mean, it's kind of the same situation in the East, too, to be honest. Like, I mean, all of these games are like when you get to the East side, too, and it's like between from, well, besides Miami, hey, it's in pretty <laughs> three games ahead. But then, um, yeah, I mean, between Philly all the way down to Cleveland, it's only a three-game difference, and that's from the two to the six seed. So, I mean, both sides of the conferences are really close. I don't know who's going to jump who, to be honest with you. I, if anything, Utah right now is the closest. Um, but, 
I again I don't have faith in them. So I'm gonna say Dallas jumps to four. And I think that's as far as they go. <laughs> uh I think Dallas is gonna stay there. So I guess actually if I'm answering it directly, no, no one's gonna jump the Warriors. Interesting. I like I like the point you brought up by the Jazz not having faith in them because they're getting clapped by us tonight. Uh <laughs> <clears throat> You know, I was, I was, that boy, I was hate like, you know, Utah, man. Hey, you go, Utah. you, you can never step foot in Utah. I hope Utah fans be listening to this. Hey, man. I hope, I hope they do because we went in by 20 right now, 14, oh, 15. But, <laughs> you know, and that's with a healthy Donovan Mitchell and all the, 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 the glory that Taylor was giving them. Man. So <laughs> I'm just trying to cancel you out. Like the amount of, hey, there's no canceling. I have out, to, okay? I have no to heap on them just to, I'm, I'm here. Man, Luca got Luca got 29, 11, and five mm-hmm. right now. And one block. And there <laughs> one block. <laughs> yeah, see, Get he plays here. somewhat defense. He has two steals too. But um there's 844 left in the game. So yeah, I mean the guy's balling. Yeah. We cruising. No oh my the, god. Donovan Mitchell He's is like four for 27. 27. <laughs> He's averaging 27, 9, and 8. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luca. Since the trade, oh since the trade, he's 34, 10, and 8. He's he was nice. like, we no have to question. get that dude out of here. <laughs> no question. Um, to answer my own question, no, I don't think anyone surpasses Golden State with Draymond coming back. They should have enough of a cushion with the amount of games left. I think they have one of the easier schedules, too, left. So I think with Draymond coming back... Steve Kerr tightening up the rotation. I think they should be okay. I don't like what I've been seeing as of late, but they, I they mean, should if they be lose right. tonight, they lose five straight. So mm, it's, gonna, yeah. it's gonna be interesting because they, have, they yeah. still have to play the Bucks, still have to play the Celtics, the Heat, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Jazz. That's about it because the, the Lakers are nothing right now. <laughs> yeah, and the Nuggets again this week. All right, let's move on then from. The good kind of hot to the bad kind of hot. Let's talk about some coaches that are coaching teams that are underperforming in one way or another. And I'll bring up the coach, and I want you guys to tell me, A, if you think he is on the hot seat, not if he should be, but if he is on the hot seat. And if he is on the hot seat, if you would fire him or keep him. Fair enough. All right. Let's start with the first one then. Um Dion, I'll give you this one, and Bring it. you know, I, it's it's a really hard question. It's gonna uh, be an automatic buyer. <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask the question first. <laughs> but Frank Vogel, head coach of the Lakers, Lakers currently sitting in ninth. Somehow, surprised they're that high, to be honest. Um, at 28 and 35, do you think Frank Vogel's on the hot seat and would you fire him? As I said about 10 seconds ago, that's an automatic fire because <laughs> he should, he should have been fired four months ago and he has no game plan for the games. He goes into the game with no game plans. They run no sets. The Lakers organization told them to bench Westbrook and he, I'll stubbornly say no i'll keep playing him this guy for 35 minutes not even that like I, I i have no problem with westbrook playing but try something different you try the same thing for the the whole season and nothing has changed try playing him with the second unit that's gonna that could work we all know what like what he can do when he's by himself but 
despite the Westbrook thing, I I just think I just don't think he's a great coach. I never thought he was a great coach. And I think they should fire him. Carson, same question. Yeah, you're 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 Rob Polinka. <laughs> are you firing Frank Vogel or are you holding on to him? Oh, if I'm Rob Polinka, I'm asking to be step I'm asking to step down for my position right now. <laughs> Ignore all um, that. You're you're in the interest of self preservation, as most people are. So <laughs> you're not gonna do. Yeah, that. no. I think um, Frank Vogel is on the hot seat. I don't think I would fire him yet. Surprisingly, um, I say this because no one expected Russ to be this bad, dude. That's Fair. just like this is not this is unprecedented of Russ to be this bad. In any part of his career since, like, his rookie season, dude. Like, I can't blame this fully on the coach here. And I've been giving Steve Kerr a hard time. I've been giving coaches a hard time since this ep- on this episode. But I'm going to give Fro- uh, uh, Frank-, Frank Vogel some grace in this answer. I'm going to give him a little bit of grace and be like, you know what? I know you're on the hot seat, but we can't fire him yet. I think now – if they start off next season and, again, Rob Palenka, he better make some moves. But if they start off next season and they go, like, the first 15 games, they go maybe, like, I don't know, 3 and 12 <laughs> or, like, just be, like, really trash or even, like, 5 and, you know, if they're not above 500 out the gate. We, he's out of there in 15 games. I will tell you why this is not going to happen for two reasons. The first, Frank Vogel is not going to be there because <laughs> Phil Jackson, they, they, Jeannie Buss called Phil Jackson. <laughs> like they called yeah, another he... retired coach to, to like come and save the day. That's just, yeah. just that, that's just embarrassing. That's just Did embarrassing. Did she date Phil Jackson? Huh? I thought GD Bus dated Phil Jackson at one point. I don't know, That's but they called him to see what what to do with the Westbrook situation. And second, mm. the second reason mm-hmm. is because Westbrook's not going to be there. So I don't know if that's going to make him better or worse. But those those two factors are not going to be there next season. I have no I have no idea what's going to happen. They're going to waste another year of LeBron's career, and it just sickens me. Kirsten. I don't know what to do with you. I vouched for you. I told these people okay. that you know hoops. And in the same episode, you've you've criticized Steve Kerr and defended Frank Vogel. I don't know what to do with you. I don't. All right. <laughs> hey, I, was with, I was with him with a Steve two Kerr. Completely, two, I was, I, two completely different situations. I know. I, I was just, with you with a Steve but let Kerr me, But let me, let me say one thing. Let me say one thing, though. With Frank Vogel to Dion, I'm going to – Push back a little bit on what Dion said. I think Dion is believing the media too much. Okay. And I say that because the Lakers never said any of this. <laughs> they never said they're getting rid of Russ. They never said that. They never even said Frank Vogel's on the hot seat, to be real. Like, That's true. That's true. He seems like it, and he should be. But honestly, we on the outside looking in. Now – I agree that Russ should not be there, but that should not. That doesn't mean it will happen. <laughs> and if I know anything, I know Rob Polinka has been messing up time and time again with this team, especially in this last year. So 
it would not surprise me if both of these dudes are back. I would not be surprised if they can't move Russell Westbrook because no one wants him, to be real. That's true. And, and the only way they're going to get rid of him is in a trade. Or if they at, be like, oh, we're just going to buy you out in the rest of your $40 million that we need. That's not going to happen. So I just think, like, realistically, I would not be surprised if both of these people are still here. And especially, like, okay, also, I didn't even bring up Anthony Davis. The hell has he been? Like, again, like, these are things that, like, he can't really control. While Steve Kerr, he can control how much Steph plays. That's pretty simple. See, your your point is well taken in that you're right. This is not all Frank Vogel's fault. And, yes, he is taking too much of the blame. But for me, I, I think it's a misconception that people fire coaches based on if it's their fault, if they're battered, if their team is bad or not. And to me, that doesn't really matter. It matters more of going forward. Do we have the confidence that you will turn it around and that things will be better if you stick around? And I think with Frank Vogel, the answer is clearly no. I think at some point, whether he should have or not, he's lost this team. This team doesn't respect him. This team is not listening to him. Frank Vogel is a defensive-minded head coach, and this team plays no defense. You know, if that's not a clear indication he's lost the team, I don't know what is. And so, yes, you're right that Frank Vogel is taking too much of the blame. Yes, it wasn't him who brought in Russell Westbrook. It's not him who's in charge of if Anthony Davis's knees work or not. But at the same time, going forward, they need a change. This team is not going to suddenly listen to Frank Vogel and respect him next season. So he's got to be gone. So See, if I'm going by that way of thinking, though, Taylor, implicitly the Lakers don't they, – they also wouldn't think that their championship was legitimate. <laughs> implicitly because they're like, oh, well, going forward, we can't this, – this, this guy won't be able to help us going forward. But typically what we've seen in leagues – I mean, in the league, if a coach has won a championship for you guys within the last two years – He's not on the hot seat for a good five. <laughs> like, but the Lakers good. have been that bad. They've been that bad. That's true. But again, not many teams have had the situation of a guy that has uh, paper skin and glass knees and Anthony Davis. Not many guys have had an unprecedented uh, player. Not many teams have had an unprecedented player come in like Russ who averaged triple doubles for like three or four straight years. And then he comes in and does absolutely nothing for the team. Just shoots record lows. Like I get what you're saying, but it's just like implicitly, if I were to go with that, then the Lakers are like going forward, going forward. We can't work with this guy. And I was like, okay, well then what did you got? Like, did you guys, cause they said the same thing when they want to chip. Remember that. Like, they were saying the same stuff about Frank Fogel. They'd be quick to get this guy out of here. They've been doing it for three years now. Well, that's true. <laughs> like Because they, he yeah, wasn't supposed to be the coach in the first place, though. When when they they, they were going for somebody else. So he was supposed to be like a puppet coach for a year or two until Jason Kidd was going to take over. But Jason Kidd left. And, and to, the, to the point, like, I'm, I'm focusing on the media, yes. But, like, on the court, what I'm seeing is no game. No game. Like, you... I, is right. You're right that we're having an unprecedented season by Russell Westbrook, but have you seen him play? They run no sets. Like they run no sets for him. All he does is get the ball, 
try to like get closer to the, to the rim from the left side every single time. Every single time. Ball on the left side from the three, two dribbles in, brick. That's all he does during the game. They have no game for him. And that's on coaching. Like, you have to run some sets. You have to run some sets for a player. I feel that. I just disagree that it's – well, go ahead, Taylor. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I'm agreeing with you that it's not entirely Frank Vogel's fault. Things outside of his control happen to the Lakers, and that's a large reason why they're struggling. But look at – I mean, you talk about Anthony Davis – you know, being in and out. You talk about Russell Westbrook's game going to hell. But look at the other locker room over at Staples Center. I mean, this, the Clippers have had Paul George out for all but about 20 games, Kawhi Leonard out entirely, and they're two games above 500. The Lakers have had Anthony Davis about half the season, They've had Russell Westbrook the entire time. Not that that's helped. Had LeBron almost the entire time. And they're seven games below 500. And I think that tells you the difference is between Ty Lue and Frank Vogel. And yes, I agree that it's not entirely Frank Vogel's fault. But whether or not it's on him, he's lost this team. And this team doesn't respect him. And they're not going to come out and play for him. And so that means it's time to bring in somebody new bring in a fresh perspective. Yeah, maybe yeah. you need to get rid of, rid of Rob Palinka too, but I think well, there's no I way. Agree. I agree that I agree that he needs to be held accountable. I think we're all in, agree, in agreement there. I think firing him in the offseason is not what should happen. Um, now, again, like I was saying, if they go those first 15 games in the next season, and it's a carryover effect when you're supposed to have a newly constructed roster. Russ is supposed to be out of here and you have another guy that comes in. And like, if, if he can't make that work, then I'm sorry, he's got to go. But the it thing does... is, I hold that championship that he got. I give it weight. I'm like, he still went into the bubble and won a ring. Now he it's been what it's been two seasons now. The first season, 2021, do we really count that against him? No, because LeBron James was not on the court for a lot, a good portion of the season last year. Um, and Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. He keeps doing what he's doing. So do we count that against Frank Vogel? No. So really, we're giving him one season of playing really bad with two unprecedented things happening with AD just – or not even unprecedented, just AD being AD again. And then Russ just having a re- record low season. So really, we're giving him one season of like being really terrible, actually showing his coaching um, after that championship that he won, and we're like, get him out of here. <laughs> like, I think it's just kind of unfair. I mean, it's, well, one it's thing... kind of his track record, though. Like, even with the Pacers, he had two good seasons, and then they all went to shit. And he has the, he had the same roster, and like the yeah. Pacers are rebuilt, have been rebuilding since. And he had Another, yeah. doors. He had the same players, and. It was like a year difference. It's just like he didn't know how to coach anymore. And one thing you might not be thinking about is the opportunity cost lost. If you bring back Fank Vogel, give him that 15 games like you're talking about, and it doesn't work out. Like, look at what the Kings did with Luke Walton. They should have fired Luke Walton like two years ago. But inexplicably, they decided to bring him back this year. They gave him that 15 games, and then they fired him. Essentially, 
losing the opportunity to have brought in a new coach, that new coach to implement a new system, and for that those players in Sacramento to be playing under that system this entire year. And so if you decide to bring Frank Vogel back, you're sacrificing that opportunity for somebody else to come in and try something different next season. And if you have to fire him after that 15 games, then that means there isn't somebody else there who's trying something different who could improve the team. So, Right. But I guess it's just like you have the oldest, you have the oldest roster in the entire NBA. He just won a championship two seasons ago. And I think that's the, the part that I'm trying to zone in on is that both of those coaches or both of those timelines, the timeline that Dion talked about with the Pacers and Luke Walton, Luke Walton never even sniffed the championship because obviously he's in Sacramento, the worst organization in sports potentially. But then also, I mean, uh, Frank Gabogo wasn't going to get past Miami back then. It just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so... Yeah, but I'm talking about after Miami. It always it comes back to Miami. Miami I was talking about it? after Miami, though. It does. Oh, okay. So, so even, but even then, <laughs> even after I mean, Miami, it proves my point even more. He wasn't sniffing a championship with I mean, that I, team. We we got to move on. We have we one. have other we have we other coaches move, we got to talk about. On. But I I think I think you're the last man standing defending Frank Vogel, and I think you make some good points. But yeah. I'll die on that hill. And in the fact I, that I'm defending Frank is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I'm surprised, but you make some good points. But yeah, I would can him yesterday. Um, next guy I'd talk about then Tom Thibodeau. Um, Karsten, are you defending Tom Thibodeau, or are we getting rid of Tom Thibodeau in New York? Hmm. Tibbs. Um, that's also a tough one too, to be real. Um, I don't think I'm getting rid of him. I don't think I'm getting rid of him either. Not yet, um, at least. I'm getting rid of Tom Thibodeau, and here's why. I feel you. We've we've talked about this before of the cycle of Tom Thibodeau. Of he comes in, makes a young team believe in themselves. They outplay their potential a little bit. Tom Thibodeau pushes them too hard. Works, works them too hard. They start to break down and lose confidence. Tom Thibodeau continues to try to push them, and then they underperform, and then he leaves. And so we're to that point with Tom Thibodeau. This is a team that's completely lost their confidence and hates his guts, and I don't think you can in good confidence bring him back next year. Is that a fact? I don't think that so. The team hates his gut. I mean, the team hates Ju- his guts. Julius Randle hates his guts. Julius Randle is the prime Julius Randle, Julius Randle hates New York. That's he fair. Blew, he, he put the thumbs down. To the Hold on. I, I'm not defending. About. I'm not defending Julius Randle for At one all. second. Mm-hmm. I literally wrote an entire paragraph last night about how much I hate Julius Randle. <laughs> well, let me let me just it's pretty say eloquent, one thing. But... I'm not going to go on a long thing with this because I don't give a fuck about the Knicks. But, uh, <laughs> and that's the problem, Karsten. That's the problem. We need someone to come problem. in to make it's us give a, a problem, fuck again. Man. Nah, we, but that's the thing, though, man. It's just, again, they. I look to the front office first, and I think that's where the, the difference is, in my opinion, to, to y'all's, is that I look at front office first and who constructed these teams before I look at the coach, truly. I look at what the coaches have to work with, what they're presented with, who they have to put in these positions, 
because the Lakers construct like people were high on this Lakers team when they came in. I know that's going backwards, but people were high on that team when they came in. But honestly, like, did we really think LeBron with a non-shooting point guard was going to work? No, LeBron needs shooting around him. We always knew that. And it's partly LeBron's fault because he also helped with this team. But then back to Thibodeau, it's just like, man, like you lost D. Rose, who was actually their X factor. And then you have Julius Randle just playing like ass, who made it to the All-Star game this year. And yes, you could probably say, oh, like Tib's not putting him in positions to be great. But can you say that when he put him as made him an All-Star last year? I don't know. But, but, I but to push back on what that's you're the, saying. That's the, yeah, go for it. To, put, to push back on what you're saying, though, under this scenario, only coaches with elite rosters should ever be on the hot seat. And the thing is, is that, yes, it's the front office's job to bring in talent, but it's the coach's job to develop talent, him and his staff. And the Knicks have had a lot of young players who have not developed, and part of that falls on Tom Thibodeau. And, yes, he's de- the exception of that is R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett is special and has really developed under um, Tom Thibodeau. But look at what he's done with Obi Toppin. Uh, look at what's happening with um, – I'm forgetting his name now from Duke. They traded for him. Cam Reddish. Um, Cam Reddish. Look at what Tim Thibodeau is doing with Cam Reddish. I mean, these are young players that well, are Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish wouldn't count. Cam, I wouldn't put Cam Reddish in that scenario. He's on I the team. Cam, but I, yeah, but, but, I, he just, I but he just got there. He he just got to he just got to the from the Hawks. Like he just got there this season. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I, mean, I wouldn't put him in that. I would put like Kevin Knox. I would put like sure. other dudes like that. Like I sure. hear you. So I, I, I uh, your point is well taken with me. I, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's their job to develop the team. And if the talent isn't developing, yes, part of that might fall in the front office. Maybe that's the wrong dude. But you look at like Greg Popovich, always, even if the player isn't that great, like you think Jacob Pertle is any good? No, he's terrible. And yet Greg Popovich can still develop him for the things he is good at and still use him. So, I mean, right. at, at some point... It does have to fall on the head coach, in my opinion, if your young talent is. I'm not isn't saying it never does. I'm not saying it never does. I'm not saying it's an always one size fit, uh, fits all thing where it's always going to be, you know, the front office made this issue happen, yada, yada, yada. But I do think that there are teams where the front office is noticeably bad. The Knicks are one of them. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, you know, agree to disagree. Right. I mean, and. I mean, to defend your point a little bit, sometimes patience is the best answer. You know, in today's, you know, sports culture, mm-hmm. ten, you know, teams tend to be very impatient with head coaches, and sometimes they need a little bit of patience. But I think the last two coaches, I think, have definitely had their shot. And the fact that they've seen success and that they don't have it anymore indicates that it's at least a large enough share on them to where the team should move on. But Dion, do you agree? Are you keeping Thibodeau or are you moving on? Uh, I'll keep it short. Um, I wouldn't fire him. I mean, I would fire him from his position. I would put him as, in, as an assistant uh, coach because I think that's where he works best. In that ideal scenario, you bring in Mike D'Antoni and, and Thibodeau together and they will be the perfect team, offense and defense. Uh, but I just – I'm concerned about the Knicks with Thibodeau at the – at the head because you know you can be a hard-nosed coach and like grind your guys out but that gets tiring and gets tiring fast for the for nba players and that's what happened last year they were they were i thought they were going to make it at least in the second round and they got 
damn near swept by the the Hawks, and then you come back this year and you're not even in the playing games. That that's it's hard to come back from. But I would wait maybe another year to see if if he breaks his streak of being good and then better. And yeah, and just wait and see. All right, let's go rapid fire here so we can get through some of these just really quick. Uh, Karsten, is he, have you seen enough from Chauncey Billups or do you need to see some more? Haven't seen enough. Haven't seen enough. Also, you lost CJ. You lost Dame. Yeah, I haven't seen enough yet. Yeah, I think I give Chauncey another year uh, just for no other reason than it's low risk. You're basically rebuilding next year, so might as well give him another year and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Dion? Yeah, keep him there. Uh, I love what he's doing with Anthony Simons, so I will keep yeah. him there for at least at least through the through the rebuilding. I don't see why he changed coach. He, he, doesn't have, he doesn't have enough gun power this year to show anything. You're playing CJ Ellaby 35 minutes a game. That's not, that's nothing. <laughs> and here's an interesting one. Steve Nash. Dion, are you getting moving on from Steve Nash? What is he, second year head coach? Yeah. I've never been high on him, uh, but I feel like it's hard to come in and coach KD, Kyrie, and Harden, especially with no experience. I feel like don't matter. it doesn't matter really who you put in that position right now. So I would just keep him. Yeah, I, I agree. Keep him. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's for the same reasons that Deion said. And it's just, I mean, that was, he's been, again, another unprecedented thing. He's working with a team that's like, we've never seen a team assembled like that before. And then he had Kyrie, a part-time player. You have James Harden, who's like, I don't want to be here. His second yeah. team in two years. So, yeah, you keep him. But he's obviously, like, he's not the greatest uh coach in the world and he probably has another year absolutely yeah i probably give him one more year it could depend on this last 20 games or so if they don't get out of the play-ins if they don't get at least a few games above 500 then maybe you do move on but and i agree maybe no coach in history has had to deal with more than steve nash but so i think i give him another year but i mean Regardless, I mean, the fact that they're below 500 right now is insane. Crazy. They were the one seed for a minute. Yeah. The fact that they're under 500 is just mind-boggling. Here's an interesting one. Is it time for the Spurs to move on from Greg Popovich? Just entertain this thought for a second. Karsten... Spurs haven't been great for a minute. They've been pretty mediocre the past two seasons, at least. Is it time for the Spurs? Fire is a strong word. Coaches coaches like Greg Popovich (laughs) don't get fired. They get pushed into retirement. And so is it to move on? Yeah. Is it is it time (laughs) for the Spurs to put Greg Popovich out to pasture? Um it is time. Will they do it? No. That's fair. It, it may be time for him to move on, for them to move on from Pop. I don't think he's inspired enough to, to keep doing this. I think he's in it for a check now, and he's chilling. <laughs> yeah. Dion? Uh, they going to keep him. He's kind of like in the same – I don't want to put him in the same category because it's two different things, but him and Coach K are the same to me. No matter how bad your team is going to be, you're going to still have the spot. Because you've proven how good you've been in the past. I think I, 
I, th- I think I actually keep pop. Um, I agree. He's not necessarily highly motivated, but he does still develop talent well. And so for that reason, yeah. I Look think at DeJounte can, Murray. Yeah. I think you yeah. can definitely continue to rebuild around pop and maybe if the roster is really good, maybe it will be time to move on from him. I don't know. Steven Silas down in Houston. We moving on from oh, Steven God. Silas. <laughs> Hurts my heart because I, I feel so bad for him. He yeah. also just got so unlucky, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Goes there and just loses his whole team, bro. Uh, yeah, it's tough. I, I I I know I sound like I just like I'm very pro coach. I'm not. I'm actually if you were to talk to actually, I'm sure the people that I talk to talk basketball with would be very surprised of how I'm talking today, but um, I'm keeping Steven Silas, man. I'm keeping him. This guy's unlucky, dude. Like, that's just that's just sucks. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I keep him. He has done nothing wrong. It is not <laughs> on him. It is not on him. He was See, that's, just a, there. He was that's what I'm saying, though. Fire, and he's trying with all his heart, all his precious little heart to, like, put it out. <laughs> I Bro. feel for him. I do. But like I said, it's not about blame. It's about what's the best move for the team going forward. Hey, and I think as far something as developing, else, he's doing good. He's doing good with Christian Wood. If you're I don't talking know. Jalen Green has been underwhelming. He's, he's, he's picking up now. Yeah, he's man, picking he's up doing. now. But that's true. He's had a good he, couple they, weeks. Yeah. He was handed nothing. Nothing. I'm not, not even saying it's his fault. De- development development takes more time than exactly within one season. Exactly. Like <laughs> I know he's underwhelming, but hey, give, give it time. Give it time. Man. I might give him another year. Just in, I, I think there's this cycle of the teams. I'll get on my soapbox for a really quick sec. I think teams intentionally hire a really long shot coach when their roster isn't very good just because they know they can fire him in two years and get another coach anyway. Like, you know, there are some coaches out there that are just kind of like placeholders. Like we're not going to be any good, no matter how, you know, Phil Jackson could coach this team and we wouldn't make the playoffs. And so they just kind of get like a placeholder coach of like, you know, keeps it light and breezy and, you know, like keeps the young guys happy. And then when it's time to win, they bring in somebody else. And so I, for that reason, I think Steven Silas is a fine placeholder. So that's, 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 that's my theory. I, that's so sad. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm, I'm not, I'm not agreeing or denying it. It just sounds mad. Disrespectful. Oh, you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be a good attorney, Karsten. I'm not <laughs> confirming or denying anything. I admit none of your allegations. However, if I was, <laughs> with me all right we might have some more coaches to talk about at the end of the season for right now i think that suffices so let's move on to our five games of the week i am currently 41 and 29 dion i am 43 and 27 and vj would you go last week dion three and two, two. three and two mm-hmm. i had the bucks i had the mavs and i had the hawks mm, it's all true Mm-hmm. Even though I would have went one and four if I hadn't switched to the Celtics, thank goodness. <laughs> Try to tell you all about the Celtics beating the Grizzlies. I still, I still don't understand. Nobody listens. That's okay. All right, game number one: Suns at the Heat. Carson, do I even bother asking you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Do I even bother? Man, we ain't losing, man. Come on, bro. All right, Dion, who do you like? Hey, I got the Suns. I got the Suns. I just uh, love the way they're playing. My, Mikel Bridges was trashed last game, so this next game he's going to go on fire. So Damn. Wait, they not even have D-Book and Chris Paul. You going to take the Suns? Y'all bug. Hey, they're I, first I'm for a reason. The they're first for a reason. I'm taking the heat. All right, game number two. VJ's taking the heat as well. Yes, he is. We we have VJ's pick. Um, game number two, Wednesday night, Hawks at the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks. Dion, Bucks at home all day. Yeah, Uh, VJ. I think it's also the Bucks. VJ took the Bucks. Karsten, four for four. Yep. Yep. I'm the same. Love to see it. Game number three, Nets at the Sixers. First game between the two. Um, Carson, who do you like? Man, because I think they're going to try and hoop for Ben Simmons because they know he's about to get killed and slandered when he walk up in there because they said he's going to be on the bench. I'm taking the Nets. I think Kyrie and Katie are going to try and go crazy for Ben. No shot. Give me the Sixers. James Harden <laughs> is going to kill them. I got, so I got the Sixers as well. I, I the, the reason why I said this is because tonight James Harden was spotted running stairs after the game. So he's on a mission. And I think he's going to go and destroy them. <laughs> yeah. There's, I'm there's you, a difference. Dion be falling for that shit. Dion be falling for the theatrics, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, that that's that's good to work. What's wrong with that? Just a man bad, likes a good story. After the, first, after the first game, oh, Joel Embiid and James Harden are working out together. Get the fuck out of here, hey, bro. They, <laughs> they haven't lost a game while they're playing together. They both oh, averaging 27. Oh, when time. they play together. You're right. You're right. I'm just saying, I've never seen, I've never seen James Harden putting in extra work in my life. My man's just a romantic. He likes the good story, you know? You know it. I rock with it. It's just, no, James Harden is hilarious. James Harden's hilarious. He is. Oh, yeah. Dude is the biggest fraud. He's a All I'm just waiting for him is to run up those those stairs from the Rocky movies. Like, that's that's next. That's next. (laughs) Yeah, my man is a little bipolar. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. All right, Mm -hmm. game number four. BJ got the Sixers, too, by the way. Okay. Warriors at the Nuggets Thursday night. Not to be confused with Warriors and Nuggets tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going to take the Nuggets, regardless of who plays and who doesn't play for the Warriors. Uh, Karsten? Yeah, I'm Nuggets. Dion? Uh, I said uh, I'm taking the Warriors because, yeah, they won today. This was their first back-to-back of the week. They're going to be coming off another back-to-back before the next game. So I'm taking the Warriors. And they're going to have Curry back. Interesting. What BJ say? Uh, Nuggets. Game number five. uh, Mavericks at the Celtics. I'm not even going to bother asking myself or Dion. Karsten, break the tie. Good job. Um, Celtics at home. I'm taking Celtics. You already know, baby. Y'all going to be disappointed. No shot. Gonna put the clamps on Luca. Okay. VJ took the Celtics too. I'm once again one against three. But that's okay. We will prevail. At least one of them. <laughs> I just need one. Your second least favorite team behind only the Jazz. So mm, I, 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 I'm just not verbal about it. You slandered the Celtics. Anytime. I absolutely hate the Don't Celtics. Lie. I absolutely hate the Celtics. I'm just not verbal about it. 
Well, keep it that way. I liked it better when you weren't verbalizing it. All right, <laughs> let's go out of bounds really quick and wrap up with our non-basketball related topic. And I want to know if you guys have any secret talents that most people don't know about you. Dion, do you have a secret talent that you keep? Not hidden isn't the right word, but just most people don't know about. Mm, I don't know if it's a talent or what, but I am really extremely good at geography. You are really like, extremely good at geography, huh? Yes. Okay. Like I can find myself anywhere. Like no matter where I'm at, I know how to get home. I just got to do, I just got to go there once and I know how to get there every time. I used to be like skill. that. I used to be That's a great skill to have. I fell into the GPS Google Maps trap and now I'm absolutely helpless. <laughs> so. That's I, a yeah, great skill to have. Yeah, like I, a, I, if I go somewhere once, I don't need the GPS to get there, but get back there again. I like geography though, like as a subject. Mm-hmm. I like. Oh yeah, I like geography. I, I used to fall have. asleep looking at the the globe, like <laughs> the one that that lights up. Yeah, look at this guy. What a loser! You know, <laughs> I'm a I'm a nerd like that. <laughs> I love it. Um, a secret talent that I have. And, like, I don't know how to share it without, like, sounding like I'm tooting my own horn. Um, But just as a little bit of background, like, I am a member of a church. And in our church, like, there's no, like, pastor who speaks every week. It just, like, members of the congregation are just randomly assigned. And so in my years of going to church, I've spoken, like, quite a few times. And so I've been told I'm a good public speaker and I'm not really... Like people are petrified of public speaking. Like I don't really mind it. I mean, I don't love it. I'm like, oh, good public speaking, you know. But I don't, I don't mind it. I'm not like that's not like a phobia that I have. I mean, if it was like a crowd of ten thousand people, I probably would be. But I've been told I'm a good public speaker. Hey, that's a good. That's a great skill too, because I am terrified of public speaking. Yeah, it's kind of ironic that I'm doing a podcast, but. I'm terrified. <laughs> I mean, for no other reason, I've just like had some practice, like, mm-hmm. you know, I've just had the opportunity a few times to do it. So, you know, just, right. just some repetition. So that's, that's what the right people field for it. You're in the right field for it, for sure. Yeah. Carson, what's a secret talent that you have? What's something people wouldn't assume, but you're good at? Yeah. Um, I think people, people know that I'm into music, but they don't know that like I come from a very musical family. So growing up, I played the drums a lot and pretty much all of percussion music, really. But um, now I actually during quarantine in 2020, I picked up playing the piano so I could play maybe about 10 different songs on the piano right now. I have my keyboard behind me, too. But nice. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's a way guess. cooler talent than me and Dion. I'll yeah, be honest. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's way cooler than us. Damn. Public <laughs> speaking geography. Yeah. I, we I, we I, don't I, really I hide. Play the drums. I can play the piano. Damn. <laughs> no, I mean it's just like that's something that I don't even know if I could really. I could probably pick up the drums and like if I give me like a month, I could get back into how I like used to really play. I was really good. Um, but yeah, now it's just, just the piano. I can pick that up and, you know, do that. So that's lit. Love that. Love that. That's, that's pretty. I mean, we, we've never hidden that me, VJ and Dion are all pretty, 
we're pretty nerdy. We're not cool. Like, I mean, it's okay. I, I, I mean, you listen to me talking. I, I love this nerdy basketball stuff too, bro. Like, it's <laughs> it is what it is, man. I have a yeah. whole podcast myself. You know what I mean? So, yeah, love that, Carson. Always good to have you. Appreciate, Appreciate having those. you on. Looking forward to the Ballas Law Dagger collab coming soon. That's going to be fun. We're already uh, debating. We're already ready. I'm ready. Yes, sir. Oh, hey, gonna it's going to be lit. That's going to be great. I love that. <laughs> so if you guys are listening to this, no, we appreciate you. We do. Love the listeners. Huge fan of the listeners. Just massive fan of the listeners. Be sure to follow us on social media, the, the Dagger Podcast. Karsten, shout out the podcast and the socials one more time. Yes, sir. Ball is law. Follow us on Instagram at, at ball is law. Dropping every Thursday. Well, as much as we can with school. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that. Love you guys. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Appreciate yeah, it. Carson. Sorry about it going long. We got into a good, good. good conversation. Yeah, I was about to say we might we might have to. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.